Hey guys, I'm super busy. Sometimes I just feel like I could use a little extra help. Well, would you like someone to help you? Yes, that's what I just said. Okay. How about draw CAD details for you? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Please. How about I don't use CAD. How about Yeah, how about create BIM <laughs> objects for you? Even better. How about writing specs for you? Oh, please, I'm, please write my specs. Yeah. How about if this quote unquote air quotes, we've talked about air quotes podcasting before. Podcasting air could, quotes. Uh, podcasting air quotes could do all of this work for free. Man, I need Wait. an assistant. Yes. Free? Absolutely. Free. What's the catch? And Well, there is no catch, but this person who will work for free is named RCAT. RCAT is the answer. And they've already done all of this work for you. That is a, Isn't that cool? That's a funny name for a person. It is. It is, but, you know, that's the way it goes. I think we need but, to make a little mascot for our cat. It's like a little cat. Meow. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Maybe a listener like can jump in here. There we go. I know somebody who can sketch really well, but never shares much about what he sketches, though. <laughs> so maybe that person can do something. Well, hey, how about if this person, our cat, you can search their libraries for CAD, BIM, specs, catalogs, videos, and more. And all of this content is created for you free of charge. We mentioned that already. Love and no free. registration required. How cool is that? Love it. Don't you, don't you need something like that, Cormac? Uh, every day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I got it. Our cat. Just stop registering on sites for content. Come to our friend, our cat, and then you can find everything you need. I think that's pretty cool. Don't you? That sounds like a simple, simple thing to do. Well, hey, why guess what? You, why haven't you done that before? You should be doing that every day. We talk about it on every episode. That's right. It's, and you should know this by now, but get this, guys. So this, our friend, our cat, they have created a website. How cool. No, like, you know, and no blinking, flashing things. It's not what 1990s is this anymore. you say of? That's right. <laughs> it is devoted to us, the building professional, to find building product information fast and hassle-free. Don't you want that? You want that, Thanks, right? Thanks, RCAT. That's right. Thank you very much, RCAT. So make sure you check them out today at ARCAT.com. Say that again. <laughs> That's A-R-T. No, it's A-R-C. that <laughs> The meow screwed me up. The A-R-C-A-T dot com. Our friends at RCAT, go check them out and thank them for sponsoring this episode of Sarka Speak. I know that RCAT, I, I, at least I think, stands for like architectural catalog, but could, could it just be augmented reality cat? Oh. The A-R-Cat. Mm, the A-R-Cat. I like that. I think that we've got a new idea for Bill to go build an app for over there at RCAT. All right. Thanks, Arcat. Welcome to ArcaSpeak, the podcast that talks about what it's like to work in the profession of architecture. Welcome to episode 128 of the ArcaSpeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. So we a little bit of follow up here uh, before we get we get going. There's uh, something we did on social media this week. Wanted to follow it up here. 
on the podcast where we started a new thing and it's called Ask Arcaspeak. It's just a hashtag that you can use on social media, Facebook, Twitter. I guess you could use it on Instagram if you wanted to, but we don't really have a, an account over there. We personally do, but not for the not for the podcast. And it's just Ask Arcaspeak so that if you have a question that you want us to talk about on the show, you can ask it that way. And then we'll put all those things up into a queue and see what happens. So Hashtag Ask Arcaspeak in any social media. And so if you think of something, go ahead and hit us up with that. And that way you don't even have to uh, have to at sign us or anything. You can just put it out there as Ask Arcaspeak. But if you and do, then another wait, what I was going to say, but if you do do that on Instagram, do it on like these weird architectural anomalies or something like that, because I'd love oh, yeah, to see like, what the you could just comment it, ask Arca speak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good idea. I like that. All right. A little bit of other follow-up uh, just to rain on the pet lovers parades a little bit more. There is the, <laughs> <laughs> there's an equally uh, interesting, Some not, would not say a, offensive, not a tweet. <laughs> yeah. Not a tweet by AIA this time, but an article on design boom um, with architect designed cat shelters this time so check the show notes for the link to that and yeah <laughs> so and, evan uh, hates cats now now yeah this week it's cats so so that that was it for our follow-up so uh, for next this, episode please hide your guinea pigs yeah what's it what animal will it be next <laughs> <laughs> ask arca speak <laughs> hashtag so we've got um we've got something interesting here we want to talk about team dynamics and what we each did for this episode was we went over to the tony robbins website and took the disc which is seven dimensions of value and motivation and it's basically it's not really a personality test but it's it's about styles uh, and so there's there's four different styles the d-i-s-c and i'm going to look for the summary here real quick because i can't remember what they are all right, the different disc dimensions. So D is decisive, I is interactive, S is stability, and C is cautious. So there's these four different categories that they kind of put you into. And it takes only about 10 minutes. If you go over to TonyRobbins.com and scroll to the bottom, there's a link in there. I guess we'll put it in the show notes too, to take the disc profile. And you guys think it took about 10 minutes to do? Does that sound about right? Didn't ten to fifteen. Yeah, I'd say about fifteen. I I dwelled on a yeah. couple of things. I'm like, am I sure I'm like this? Maybe no. I think I'm more like this. So what's interesting yeah, is it doesn't ask you questions at all. It doesn't say you know on a scale of one to ten rate yourself. It, it's not like that. And what it, what they did, which I thought was interesting, is they just have you put five boxes in order several times. So the the five boxes always change. The word in the box always changed, so it's always a word, and you either associate with it or you don't. And you just place them in order from, I associate with this most, to associating with the last one least. Yeah. And so you go through that a series of times. There's two different sections to the test, and that is also reflected in the output of the test. So there's um, this kind of executive summary up front, and it puts you into the four components of behavior. And it kind of score doesn't score you. It just shows you where, where you're strong and where you're not. And then it goes down to, um, I'm going to skip skip ahead because it gives you like a 53-page PDF output, which is very involved and I think worth worth reading. Um, the, the next one is it, it gives you an executive summary of your values. So 
I think we'll talk real quick about the first part, but what we really wanted to get into was the second part, the value part. So, um, go ahead. And so one of the reasons why we took it just kind of as a, a group of three, but how it can kind of translate to how you use it in the workplace. And I, I know we'll go a lot further into this when we kind of go through things, but it starts to kind of like highlight team dynamic. Right. And, and, and how you can assemble a team, construct a team, put a team together, whether or not you can <laughs> somewhat find out whether or not that team is going to work well together or open to receiving ideas or things like that. So it's kind of interesting and we'll go into it a lot further as we unbox our own disc assessments. Yeah. So uh, over overview, like hundred thousand foot overview here. I mean, you've got different people working on a team together. Do they complement each other? Do they butt heads all the time? Right. Like that's really what we're talking about. And this is not something that ever gets talked about in school. And I think most companies don't think at this level most. And, and just to kind of preface this, we talked a little bit about this before the show. Teams are put together on projects because that's who's there. That's who's sitting around right, or right. available or Use has certain time. experience. Yeah. If, if, if you're a small firm, right, there's only a few people to do the job anyway. But if you're in a big firm and you've got lots of people to choose from, it mostly comes down to who's available and who has different experience types. And so people who have experience tend to work on similar projects over and over because that experience is valuable on that project. And then you also just have the the wild card factor of who's not working on something else or who has the time to do this. And the level of thought really doesn't go into the success of the project being based on the complementary nature of a team or the individuals who make that up. And so that's, I think, what's most interesting about this kind of a thing. And thinking about practice and thinking about being successful on projects and doing something that you haven't done before or doing it differently this kind of thing plays into that. Yeah. So I real quick, I mean, you guys, we've talked about this before. We talked about it, I think, even in the last episode where we talked about building on your strengths and not on your weaknesses, right? right uh, that was right. really based on strengths finder kind of stuff. Um, actually, I attended a webinar that Entree Architect put on, I think it was last week, about strengths finder that uh, Shred Venture Group did. And, and they were saying the same thing. I mean, they, they actually have an expert working with them who is really into strengths finder and how to apply that to business. And it's just interesting to me that I'm hearing this from like lots of different angles. I didn't find this disc thing on Tony Robbins site because of that. I just, it's just another thing that just popped up and I thought it would be interesting. So it's weird how all these are kind of flowing around at the same time and people are starting to talk about this. I know we're talking about it in our practice is how do you build effective teams? And so I thought that we could, talk about this as a team on ArcaSpeak, but then also just kind of apply it to what we do. Now, the unfortunate thing is, is that we just kind of recently took it. And so we didn't get an opportunity to start to overlay each other within the team and kind of figure right. out where the strengths and weaknesses within the team are. But I just highlight one, maybe, you know, the age of some people are like really high. What well, we could do, <laughs> <laughs> what we could do, Cormac, is we could do this like, uh, like the, uh, what, some of the presentations at MDC and just read the whole thing to our audience right now. All three of us yes. can read our 52 pages. Research conducted by... <laughs> there you go. That'll exactly. put everybody to sleep. <laughs> yeah, so we're not going to do that. Don't worry. Uh, we're going to just hit... I think what we're going to do, we Weird talked a little that. bit about this, is we're going to we're gonna pick a one that we scored really high in and one that we scored really low in. 
and talk about those for each of us. So, um, but just real quick, I mean, as far as the, the four components of behavior, if you guys are looking at your PDF on page nine, where do you guys fall on that spider graph? So, so just nice. to kind of paint a picture for our audience, um, people tend to be extroverted or introverted or somewhere in between. And then from, you can think about that as like the North and South pole of the graph. And then the East and West on the East side, we've got people. And on the West side, we've got task oriented. So are you more people oriented or task oriented or somewhere in the middle? And so, I mean, I'll just go real quick and then you guys can do it. I, I'm very centered on this graph, which well, I've kind of known, which I've kind yeah, of known agree. about for a it. long time. Yeah. Uh, and I, I fall strongest on the S, which was, remind me, S was stability. 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 Yeah. yeah. So totally, again, that's me. I, I tend to not have real high highs and real low lows. I'm just kind of even uh, a lot of the time. And so... I thought, you know, th this again is kind of telling me where I fall on the spectrum of of extrovert versus introvert. I've always kind of considered myself an ambivert right in the middle. And then there's people versus task oriented. And I it's easy for me to go between both of those. I can get really deep into tasks and I can also relate with other people. I don't have, you know, there's definitely people I can see in my office who are very task oriented and they don't like dealing with people. Then there's the other ones who are the social butterflies, right? I do, again, fall kind of right in the middle. So I like to keep my fingers on the pulse of what's going on, but I can also get shit done. So there you go. I definitely think we should put this, each of our graphs on the show notes because yeah, it'd be kind of that. interesting to see. But um, before I talk about mine, I'd, I'd like to hear about Neil's because mine is probably very you guys are gonna be like oh yeah of course but <laughs> i'm curious about neil's so apparently on mine i i'm i'm mostly in the middle a little less on the i section which is interactive and much higher on the d decisive hmm. uh, in fact a very very high in fact on this graph it shows me at 99 um wow. which is pretty much all the way at, at the D range yeah. and the lowest yeah. was 28 on the interactive section. The other two I'm sort of in the middle 53 and 67. So sort of on the middle, but definitely much more decisive and less on the interactive. So I guess I'm not the social butterfly as you put it, Evan. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And the reason why I wanted to ask you both of yours first, because you know, Evan obviously lead, led off with this, and he was the one who found this and, and wanted us to take this. And, and it's kind of interesting because, you know, that, that seems to be very much kind of his nature. And if you just have listened to the show, it's it's interesting how this might actually show how we are, you know, on the show maybe. And so mine looks like a kite where I am, according to this, probably the most people-oriented introvert Mm -hmm. I knew that you were going to be over there. <laughs> that exists. That's all so, there is. So my kite is pointing towards the S. I am very firmly into that category. I'm both introvert and people, whereas I think 25. So I'm just the opposite to you, Neil, which, <laughs> does, which, which is why I wanted to hear yours first, because it's just it's kind of who we are in a way. Um so like yours was like what twenty something to the S and more towards the D. Is that what you said? Um, mine was fifty three to S, but ninety nine to D. Okay. Oh yes, ours are 
Yeah, so I have 25 to D and 99 to S. And so it's just kind of very interesting. Um, yeah, I'm at 88 on the S and 42 on D. So yeah, those on that axis, uh, Cormac, you and I are a little more aligned. You're you're yeah. more more towards the S than I am. And then I'm more toward the middle between the both of you, I guess I should say. So I, I just pasted mine into the, the chat box and then Neil did too, so we can kind of see our overlays. So yeah, I think, I, and I think again, the, the interesting thing here is to evaluate yourself based on, like know your strengths, right? So you know that where you fall and it's good to complement that with other strengths and not try to bolster your strengths. I mean, we only have so much time in this world. We can't be perfectly well-rounded. So how do we, you know, we'd spend all of our time that's not what I wanted. <laughs> nope. We'd, we'd just be spending all of our time working on stuff we hate to, to try to become more well-rounded. So I think it is kind of worth worth it to just play to your strengths here and, and work and bring that value to your team. So the next section, which is really where we wanted to spend the meat of the conversation, is page 30 of the output PDF, which is the executive summary of your values. And these are the seven dimensions of value and motivation. So what's interesting about this is where, what do you value the most and what are you motivated by? And that to me is really where we can start to fine tune who is on a team. Because if you don't know this kind of stuff, you could definitely have character clashes. You could definitely have the deck stacked too high in certain d dimensions and not well enough in lower ones. So for instance, you could have, you know, too many designers on a team competing for design aesthetics and not enough technical expertise. And so that's really where I think we want to start to look at building teams out based on not just what your job title is, but what you actually find meaning in doing when you're at work. And that's where I think this takes it to that next level it's because it really talks about things that you value that are beyond just job type bullet points. So if we've got aesthetics, economics, individualistic category, political, altruistic, regulatory, and theoretical. What's interesting about all of those is that it gives you, I don't know why, how they define norm. Maybe it's norm based on the average of everybody who's taken the yeah that's what the, they this say test yeah. okay all yeah. right i hadn't had time to to see that yet but um and then a standard deviation uh higher or lower for each one so um that that i found kind of interesting because for the most part i'm either within the standard deviation or way outside of it on one side or the other mm. yeah i so, I, yeah, I'm kind of looking at their little sine wave that they've got rolling through the middle there where the norm is uh, on the on the bar chart. Uh, and I'll mm -hmm. I'll also paste my uh, my spider graph in for this one so you guys can see it as well. Um, but I tend to be m much more or less <laughs> than there's only a couple I, I even get close to on the norm, um, even though really? I probably and I'll I'll you can kind of see mine there. Like I'm, I'm either up quite a bit higher or quite a bit lower on most of them with the exception of economic um, and political. So, and what I, again, what I think is interesting on this is, is scoring high and scoring low. It's not about the score. It's about 
what you believe in, what matters to you. And so what this is telling you is, yeah, this like aesthetic on mine really matters and individualistic really matters and altruistic and economic don't matter as much to me. And that, again, is not a bad thing. It's just important to know because you don't want to be put in a position where you are responsible for something that has high values in things you don't care about because somebody else will do that job much better than you. And so, again, kind yeah. of playing to your strengths. So I thought what, what we would do here is each person take one of their highest scoring ones and talk about, if we scroll down in the document, it kind of tells you a little bit about that. We can just hit a few high points. We'll kind of go round robin here. And then we'll go back and pick one that we're really low on. Because what's interesting is each one of these, for each one of these categories, they also kind of give you um, some advice on what you could do to improve if you wanted to. So anyway, I think... Let, you guys were ready well, to one, jump into one that? One thing is interesting. I'm just re- I, <laughs> I was just going to say yeah. one thing I find interesting, Evan, in looking uh, at your bar chart here is that you as a designer and knowing you a little bit, I noticed your theoretical side is way high. Aesthetic, that, theoretical that, are both very high. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that totally makes a lot of sense knowing you. So. Yeah. And again, this is not, I don't think it's telling us anything we don't already know, right? About ourselves. But what's interesting is it's telling other people about us. And so that's where this communication really starts to be valuable is when you've got, you're starting to look at a team or or different people and how they could complement each other. And and this is kind of data about that. It's not just how I feel or, or this is how I am. And, And people, people don't really talk about that kind of stuff very much they just talk about who's available they just talk about what skills do you have Um, they don't really talk about what you really what do you really care about what where do you want to grow on this project and i think that that those are the kinds of things that are actually going to make a difference in the architecture that we produce for our clients rather than the same kind of output time after time after time which is really an exercise in efficiency versus the creative endeavor that's architecture so for what what also is kind of neat about this is it starts to make you look at, does the environment that I work in support me in this way? Or do I, do I need to switch that up? Do I need to go somewhere else? Are there adjustments I can make where I am that will make me happier? So you guys ready to jump into your, your maybe a high strength? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Sure. Um, I'm going to go with the highest one, which is individualistic, I think is what it is. So the I... I'm going to, I got to find it here. Economic, it's after economic. Okay. So individualistic dimension. So for me, um, so many who score in this range like to invent new things, design new projects and develop new ideas. So I, I scored a 76 in this category and I scored a 75 in aesthetics and theoretical. So a tie for second place. And so all of these things totally speak, like you were saying, Neil, to my kind of designer nature says, I thrive in a team environment, and I can sometimes surprise others with spontaneous ideas or responses. I, tend, I have a tendency to push the envelope to the max in situations where winning is desired. So yeah, I'm competitive for sure. And I winning. <laughs> hashtag winning. And you may enjoy maintaining <laughs> the image of being a maverick at times. I think that's hilarious, but, but probably true. It's probably so, true. So key strengths. I bring creative ideas. Uh, I have a desire to be an individual and celebrate differences, totally. I'm not afraid to take calculated risks. 
You enjoy making presentations to small or large groups and are generally perceived as an engaged presenter by your audiences, and you realize that we are all individuals and have ideas to offer. I find this, you know, for, for a quick 15-minute exercise, totally accurate. I think that's so, so interesting. Uh, okay, so the next page on this one, motivational insights. I like to – so this is what's interesting because now it starts to talk about the environment that you work in. I work with an idea, develop it, and run with it for a while before making a judgment. Okay, so as a designer, yeah, I, I'm encouraged to explore multiple ideas without latching on and saying this is the solution uh, because that's what we do. I mean that – and I continually push that. There's definitely people in the office – who think the first idea is the only idea or the best idea, and I'm totally not that person. I prefer an environment where I have space to demonstrate my unique contributions to the team. I create an environment that provides security while encourages taking appropriate risks. And I'll skip some of these other ones. I don't want to go through every bullet point. But um, it does say that I should attempt to provide enough creative space to express my uniqueness. So again, talking about my environment, what does my environment need to be for me to, to, to enjoy it? I should allow for some experimental or non-routine types of options, and I should link the benefits of learning new things to personal ability to enhance my performance. And then the, the last page, so there's three pages for each bar. The last one is improvement insights. So this is that part where I was saying, if you wanted to improve, get even better at this, uh, this is something worth looking at. So sometimes my very unique approach does not always result in complete success and may sometimes cause cause conflict with others if sensitivity is not used. My potential value clashes with others may be reduced through increased awareness and sensitivity of the needs of others. I may need to remember that my good ideas aren't the only good ideas, and I may need to listen more to others and speak yeah. less as I monopolize this section of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Shout out, so, Evan. I'll stop now. But I, You've that, had enough. I think, uh, I think that that is all good advice. And I, and it, actually I, I took another profile test recently for something else and it was basically saying the same thing. So good, good insight for me. And it's good to read it about yourself and get this kind of self critique. Yeah. Cause you're like, wait, am I really like that? And then you, then you do the honest assessment and you're like, Oh yeah, I actually sort of am. Or, and then well, just ask your significant other or ask somebody might... you trust to, is this sound like me? And then so, just watch their heads bob up and down. So I'm actually glad you said that because, you know, as I was taking it, my wife was sitting next to me and all she was like, mm. she was judging the order you were putting, <laughs> you know, as I was like, as I was like ordering yeah, them, she, one goes, of the, mm. she didn't have to say yes or no. She was like, mm. One of the things that it, it's made sure <laughs> exactly. to tell you before you started the test was make sure that you're, you're putting these in the order of what you are, not what you want to be. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. And that was the thing that I got. That's what kind of, to me, drew it out a little bit longer. Because I'm well, I really think I'm this, but you know, I I feel like I'm more this too, though, and it, and so really in that one, I had to be a little bit more introspective and kind of look at the reality of of me, and not really just you know kind of like the perception. So we of learned me. the true Cormac. So I I think that was yeah. yeah. So again, that was a mouthful for me to go through, and that was only one bar. So I'm, that's why we're not doing this for everyone for each of us. So, <laughs> so okay, exactly. So yeah. Neil, you want to go pick a pick a high? Sure, sure. So my so the three highest ones, actually two. I also scored in the seventies on two of them, uh, aesthetic and political, and then actually cl followed closely by individualistic. 
uh, which was at 65. So those are definitely the three highest categories. So if we wanted to go to political, uh, I think that's appropriate. <laughs> so <laughs> well, um, and it's it, and it's not really a shot. It's like I mean, think about you know yeah. a lot of the things that you do, not just your job, but you know you are involved with a lot of things. Planning commission. Um, you know, for yeah. the community, you know, the planning commission and things like that. So, you know, I mean, it makes sense to for you to kind of sure, sure. This one. So, the basic <laughs> definition that they give is for very high political doesn't always necessarily mean office, uh, elected office, sort of political, but it says you are a very strong leader and able to take control of a variety of initiatives and maintain control. Mm-hmm. So, that's the the basic outline for that. Oh, then scratch all the other. Well, stuff. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but it says in, in as you dive into the first page of the description, uh, it says this drive is to be seen as a leader and to have influence and control over one's environment or success. Competitiveness is often associated with those scoring high in this motivation. So this is very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally me. Um, I I totally agree. I'll. I'll have my wife read this i'm sure she'll be yes yes <laughs> I, I agree but the general traits for this one is i uh, you know you enjoy a feeling of accomplishment and getting a difficult job done on your own you enjoy winning uh and let's see what else um this is interesting though you you are accountable for your actions and decisions and are ready to take credit or the blame and some of the Key strengths here are you have a strong buck stops here approach to business and getting things done. You're very high energy level to work hard at meeting goals and you accept accept struggle and hard work towards a goal. And yeah, I, this, as you mentioned, Devin, this is very much a, a good insight into a lot of the things that uh, I would totally agree with about me. Yeah, I think what's interesting about this is I scored a 40 on this and you scored a 75. Um, but what's interesting is my like my motivational insights. It, it says, you know, don't forget, you have the ability to be a stabilizing agent. And if you think back to the beginning where we had the four quadrants, I was the mm-hmm. stable. I was heavy on the stable. Right, so so right. again, like I don't seek to be the one in power. But I do bring balance right. to the force here. <laughs> so and, and and that's totally true because yeah. when it comes to figuring out things like scheduling our recordings and making sure we're all on time, it, who's doing that? That's me, right? I'm always, hey, what are we talking about? When are we meeting? When <laughs> setting right. the calendar? Right. I am the leader. I do those things. So I kind of like the analogy you just used, Evan, because I'm trying to think of. What color lightsaber would you carry? <laughs> Did not see that coming. Neil's might just red. Be a <laughs> it's the red bar, and it's the red bar. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I'm going to so, go green. I'm going. Uh, going. Uh, so let's see. Yeah. All right. So what are you? So what's yours, Cormac? I can guarantee yours is not blue after seeing your uh, your bar chart there. Uh, yeah. No. So you know. Actually, if you look at all three of our bar charts, you know, my, all of us scored pretty highly on aesthetics and, and that goes without saying, cause you know, look at the job right, right. And so look at the sensitivities that we have to that. So that makes, you know, perfect sense. So I actually wanted to go to the second highest one, which 
is no real surprise is individualistic uh, dimension. And that I scored a 78 on um, in comparison to 83 for aesthetics. And then shortly followed thereafter with altruistic. And then everything else kind of just tumbles from there. <laughs> yeah. You buy polar, <laughs> but, you know, for sure. It's the, this one is the drive to be socially independent and have the opportunity of freedom or personal expression to stand apart from the crowd. Well, yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. You know, yeah. that is me. Uh, you know, with general traits of you like the freedom to work on work your own area. You experience a feeling of accomplishment and being recognized for a complete and thorough assignment in a creative way. Eh. <laughs> um, but it says, you know, key strengths are you desire to be individual and to celebrate differences. You bring creative ideas. You realize that we are individuals and have ideas to offer. Interesting because... I was sitting around a table the other day doing kind of a debrief my position on the project. You know, I'm kind of like the collector of everybody's ideas and distilling them and kind of making sure people are doing the right things or, you know, pulling in all of the ideas and making sure that I envelop all of this stuff into one project kind of thing and a holistic approach. And so I was thinking about the way everybody else kind of almost a cat herder of individual ideas. Um, so it, it, it sort of makes sense, you know, and, and I'm not too gregarious, I suppose. Some of the motivational insights for individualistic dimension are being patient and allowing for expression of your uniqueness and sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Not in my head. <laughs> Got to kind of, uh, yeah. Uh, um, you should be allowed freedom to make your own decision about how an assignment should be completed. Yeah. That's that's the that's the interesting part that you know individualism, how it kind of clashes with a little bit of professionalism sometimes, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Let's see your training and learning insights, uh, your learning and professional development activities should be flexible, have a wide variety of options. You should attempt to provide enough creative space for you to express your uniqueness. Yeah, that's why we're. It's <laughs> not the space they're talking about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Continual improvement insights. Sometimes your very unique approaches do not always result in complete success and may sometimes cause conflicts with others if uh, sensitivity mm-hmm. is not used. Interesting. Uh, you may remember that your good ideas aren't always the only good Sounds ideas. Sounds similar to mine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> What? You know what? You need to shut up. Because <laughs> my idea is the only idea. Let me send you my favorite emoji that I send you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was actually, you know, it's it's interesting because that you go read through these. And, and I think what might be interesting, each of us, if we put in the show notes a little bit, you know, a couple of snippets uh, about some of our highs and lows It'd be interesting to kind of see what other people think, you know, just those who know this or those who listen to us and see if, if they agree with some of the highs you know, and the lows of, of well, things. So, so what's interesting to me about yours specifically is you are a designer trapped in a project management role. And I don't, and so the, I find yes. that, so building on your strengths, knowing that you score very high in aesthetics and individual, individualistic, uh, 
what can you do about that? Because I honestly do feel like you, so you are very good at managing projects, but I think that's because you've developed those skills over time. And now it's like, it's almost like you're kind of trapped doing that because you've shown so much proficiency there. Whereas you would bring the most value to the team in other ways. And I know that you do some of that other stuff because I've seen what you do and I, I know the the stuff you're working on, it could be just the stuff that you share, obviously, but I don't have a camera over your desk or anything. <laughs> I think I think the dynamic that I have, especially at Air St. Gross, is trending more towards, first I was, when I was hired, they, they saw in my portfolio and stuff that I have a designer background, but they were really hiring me for a more management, Technical, you know, project yeah. architect kind of lead the project, you know, bring in your technical abilities because we need that for this particular project. And I think more now that I've been on my new project, I've had a little bit, I've had a lot more insight and discussion on the design. Now, you know, I can't say, well, I, you know, design this or anything because that's, you know, the furthest thing from the truth. One, because it's more of a team effort as well as I came into the project after another project architect um, project designer kind of left and they were the ones who were kind of responsible for the way the building somewhat is. And then since I've come on board, like I said earlier, I was, I was taking this in, it, it looked like five different designers had a part in this in basically my I'm role has up. been, <laughs> let's tr- yeah let, well yeah, let's clean it up let's try to make it one coherent building let's try to figure out how to unify all of these different ideas and mine being one of those five so it was really trying and, and that's pretty much been my role keep the project moving along keep the project moving towards all of these different deadlines and milestones but also advance the design and make it cohesive make it coherent make it unified and that's what I've been doing and in, in bringing to the table. And so slowly but surely, it's going to take a while to kind of, you know, get firmly into, okay, this guy, you know, having the confidence with the firm to know that I can bring as much level of uh, design as I can, you know, project mm-hmm. management to it. So, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of patience. And, um, and I think so it'll then, be there. So then kind of, talking about neil your score on on your political it totally makes sense to me that you're leading a team on your projects and you're you've got younger teammates and they are looking for that mentorship and leadership on the team and it seems to be a a good fit yeah yeah i I, that's more where i wanted to be and what do uh, what i'm doing i i do find that on this in the political or excuse me continual improvement insights it says you may need to be more sensitive to the needs of others on your team you may be perceived as one who oversteps authority at times so uh yeah i i i like a lot of where this has me at Mm -hmm. and it makes a lot of sense so it, it doesn't surprise me but i think what's interesting is that it does point to where I feel most comfortable and doing. And sometimes that does create conflicts, but it, it is who I am. And mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's what I do. What, what's, 
what's interesting about that is, you know, the being sensitive to others part is, you know, you've, you've admitted that, you know, it's been a struggle sometimes to kind of go from being a sole practitioner for as long as you were to now coming back to the firm and working with others, but, you know, more specifically working with kind of like the younger ones. And now you're getting into a comfort level where you are relying on them as kind of a integral part of the team and not just, you know, saying, like, oh, these millennial <laughs> kind of things. Whereas, you know, when you first came in, it was just like, oh, these millennials. <laughs> but now, you know, you've gotten to the point where you really have kind of shown that your leadership and compromise and, and things like that have kind of risen back up. And I think, I think in a way, and it might've been similar to like, you know, when Evan was working for himself and, and I was for myself, that it's kind of hard to come back to a firm and not be judgy about the way other people do things when you've been doing them for oh, yourself sure for so long. How other people do things. Yeah. yeah so am I. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. So am I. But I think you're right, Cormac, in that it, it takes a little time of adjustment and growth to understand how best to work with others and compromise and be sensitive to their needs, everybody's needs. Well, so, but and it's just it's just part of, of doing the job and, and being aware of, uh, and this is partially why we're talking about this, is to be aware of your strengths or weaknesses so that you can act accordingly on them yeah. and and not be mystified by why do I not like well. this or do why do I like this? <laughs> and picking your battles, I think. <laughs> right. And picking your battles. A big yeah. thing here because yeah. this shows you, again, where your strengths are so you know where you can focus and where you just need to kind of leave it alone, back off, let somebody else take the lead on something else that is their strength but not yours. Right, right. Well, I'm I'm wondering what would have been different, say, if you would have taken this. That's an interesting idea. You know, a couple yeah. months into, yeah. yeah. What if what would have been different if you would have taken this particular test a few months into the transition from working for yourself to working mm -hmm. for somebody else, and what that looked like? I mean, I remember the kind of like the struggle that you were having, and it would have been interesting to to just see if there was any shift in the dynamics because I think you've always been there with like the leadership and things like that. Um, but at the time it, you know, might not have been you know, as uh, apparent because I don't know if you were ready for the compromise or ready for the role of, of leadership at that point, because it was just kind of stress built. Sure. sure. And now that you've kind of, you, you've, you've been in there, you're kind of ingrained into the system and stuff and worked on several different teams and, you know, now it's kind of like, okay, yeah, this is it. This is the role I want. And, and so it shows when you, when you've taken the thing and you've ranked so highly in political, it's about the, the leadership and it's about the guidance and about even to the point of mentorship and things like that. So, you know, it's yeah. kind of interesting. It's always been something I've been interested in. So I'm not surprised that I high, scored the highest in this one. All right, let's right, go right. to our low, and I'm going to go with altruistic. <laughs> I scored a 23. This was my lowest. Which, that's really kind well, of Well, when I read it, it's me, interesting be because, uh, so I'm not yeah. going to read every bullet point again, but I'm going to just pick a few from, uh, maybe maybe the top ones from each page. So it says, I'm somewhat guarded at first with others, maybe in part as a result of being burned in the past and not wanting to see it happen again. Totally, totally me. I definitely don't just open up and 
wear all my emotions on my sleeve and yeah so and then and then it says i expect a strong as i expect a strong work ethic from others because i demonstrate that myself totally totally true and i think this is something and if i go down to my my next page here if i if i look at my um my motivational insights says you should try not to place too much burden on for coaching or counseling duties. And this is really interesting because this is definitely something that we have identified in the office because we have a lot of design talent in our studio that some people are more wired for dealing with a younger staff under them. And so I think this kind of plays into what we were just talking about with Neil, where like that is not something that I am good at or want to do. And we've identified that and we've taken away that responsibility for me so that I can go pursue other things that really do interest me. So in in my case, it's like the whole tech side of architecture. So I get to really spend my time focusing on that and not doing all of the updates with the younger staff all the time. And because it's just not something I'm really good at. And so again, like this is, this is a perfect kind of data backing up what we were all feeling already. And so I feel like, okay, man, that's, that's just great because it really makes me feel like we are paying attention to these intuitions that we have. So I think that's that's pretty cool. Um, and then let's see, what what's the last page here? So this one also says you might benefit from being more sensitive to the personal needs of others. I feel like I'm a pretty good listener. And I know that it, what it does say in one of the other, like in the summary at the very end, it does say that I'm I'm a very good listener, probably one of the best. But I guess what it's saying here is that I just need to be a little bit more sensitive to that. So just hearing it is one thing, but actually uh, putting it into action is another thing. So, um, And then this is also echoing something from this other profile that I had done. It says, you may gain personally by helping others gain personally as well. Because one of the things I don't do is I don't volunteer my time for other things. And it talks about that in one of the other dimensions. So they got me on on both. It's backing itself up. You know, I I could gain more by helping others more is what it's saying. And and personally, for me, I do that at home. That's really my family life. Uh, and I feel like that with my kids. I'm trying to create as much opportunity for them as I can. And I get a lot of reward out of that. But I think what it's saying here is, you know, throughout everything that you do, um, I could gain more by helping others more. You, you know, it's funny. It's just on this particular trait, uh, both you and Neil scored relatively close. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I scored much differently. And it says the very first general trait is, better to give than receive that's my that's my philosophy i don't believe in that (laughs) and i was just like you know (laughs) clearly i don't either i like to get (laughs) (laughs) it was my lowest scoring Uh, category yep me too 31 so i'm lower i'm lower 23 oh my goodness well neil why don't you pick a different one since i went with that one sure sure and i'm gonna leave i'm gonna leave the, I'm going to leave one of them for Cormac because I know he scored yes, very please, well on that one. <laughs> yes, please leave because that one is kind of close to low for you. You've got another one that might be um, just well, a little bit higher, yeah. but no, I believe that the that particular category should be reserved yes, for me. Yes, I, I I absolutely <laughs> agree. So what's interesting is that um, that that category was 34 for me, so a little bit higher than the altruistic. But the other two are, are, are very similar. So I'm going to talk 
yeah, neck and neck. They're third, 40 and 38. So the the one that is 40 for me is the regulatory dimension. And that one is the regulatory drive indicates one's, one's drive to establish order, routine, and structure. I think my kids would think I would score off the charts on that one. But this motivation to promote rules and policies, a traditional approach and security through standards and protocols. So I don't know. Wow. I'm actually kind of surprised I, I kind of scored somewhat lower on this one. Although when I look back at, I'm going to go back to the main page, I fall a little bit higher than the norm, but within the standard deviation uh, uh, but on the higher side of the standard deviation on regulatory. And then the other one that I'll mention here is theoretical, which I scored just below the standard deviation, um, the norm, but within the standard deviation, but on the lower side. Mm -hmm. So I guess that, that sort of trends the way I would probably consider myself, which is a little higher on the order and routine and structure side, and, and maybe a little less on the, theoretical dimension which was which they define as the drive to understand gain knowledge or discover the quote-unquote truth so mm. uh, I, I definitely agree with both of those a little higher on one maybe a little lower on the other but the general trait on the regulatory as let's see you move more you move freely and effectively between the rebels and the rule followers in the group mm. That's that's kind of interesting. Uh, I guess that sort of means I can I can relate to both sides of different sorts of arguments, which is probably very true for me. And then let's see another one. You strike a good balance between respecting individual needs and those of the group tend to be balanced and stable. I think my kids would totally disagree with that one. I think I should have my kids evaluate this for me, and uh, I think they're going to be have a very different sorts of um, uh, outcome uh, for this. I scored similarly uh, to you, actually a little lower, twenty six in this one, and I think it it nails it for me because it, uh, it talks about preferring new ideas to old. Um, it talks mm. about disliking existing rules because they get in the way of effective solutions to problems, and it's totally how I feel like, like let's, I'm constantly rewriting the rules based on the latest information. Right. Right. I like, but, but the motivational insight on this one is you can help bring order out of chaos without going overboard. Mm. And I can be the mediator between those who support the old guard and those who want revolution. I, yeah, I feel so, like Gen X is, that's the burden. <laughs> Right there. <laughs> that's probably <Yeah>. true. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 very true. Uh and then some of the continual improvement insights. You might benefit from exerting opinions freely in discussions or directing or direction and planning. And you could take a firmer stand on team issues involving dissenting opinions. Yeah, that's true. I don't do those either of those very well uh when it comes to groups. Mm. Uh, I tend to sit back a little bit more and let them battle it out, but, uh, and not take an opinion on that. So, uh, yeah, so those are the two of mine that are probably on the, on the, but, but within the norm, right? So I think that's, uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> on, on, 
which is my continual improvement it says you should consider resisting the urge to push the envelope just for the sake of pushing the envelope (laughs) (laughs) well you know what i think is interesting is as you've read off some of the bullet points some of them are the same as what I had, but I noticed a couple of times I was following along on the same sort of page that you were on, and they were different. Yeah. So it's not just a. It's not just yeah. It's it it is more custom to you, be, right? Because it is no. very much so. It's yeah. because yeah. they're they're relating to the other ones, right? So so there are relations between these different bars, and because I scored high on one and low on this one, then I get a certain set of bullet points, and and vice versa, right. you know. Right. Right. So corn, yeah. yeah, which is interesting because like I scored higher on these, which is kind of funny that both regulatory and theoretical, because I scored so highly in individual. It's a little interesting to kind of say I'm a rule follower yeah. and a rule right. breaker all at the same time. <laughs> but uh, the one general trait on like the regulatory that you know I I think probably best uh defines like my attitude towards this is you take personal responsibilities yep. very yep. seriously mm-hmm. like no that's yeah a and i think it's just something simple <laughs> like if you say you're going to do something you do it and if other people don't like it it drives you nuts yeah <laughs> yes yep. very much so so cormac what what so go ahead and take it away so drum <laughs> let's, roll. let's uh let's finish it out with the, what looks to be the lowest score on any bar out of any one of us <laughs> it oh. quite possibly could probably be they they're like holy <laughs> crap this anybody score this low in that particular category <laughs> so ever? what of what course. was your well, score in this yes. one so if anybody has listened to the show ever <laughs> um and in many of the conversations this will definitely be a no shit statement as well so what did I score the lowest in? The economic dim- dimension. How low did I score? Well, you know, I guess like the average norm for things are in the 40 range. And, you know, you can either trend a little bit higher or trend right a little there. bit lower. Well, apparently I am trending in the basement. <laughs> yeah, you're or the, the I think it's the sub-basement. Third level down I of the parking lot. <laughs> exactly. That one that you have to part, you know, try to squeeze your car into up against the, the retaining column. wall and <laughs> all of the other cars. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, there's there's where okay. I parked. Um and can't and can't see it. So economic dimension. I got a wow. three. Wow. Oh, wow. Holy Shocker. smokes. A three. <laughs> Shocker and Is surprise. It possible? You know, they they talk about you know, they, they talk about this uh, dimension examines the motivation for security for economic gain and to achieve practical returns. So as anybody's ever heard, you know, I, uh, my statement of I don't do this for the money. Well, apparently, um, Tony Robbins <laughs> you were not lying. <laughs> I'm so, not really, so AS, I was really not lying need to pay you to show up every day and you'd still be oh, there. Yeah, no, no. You would be there for the project, for the I team. Still, yeah, you you're a, you're a giver. I still need I, I I still need well, you know, that's funny because if you look at the altruistic and even the regulatory it is that that's kind of what it determines is that, you know, I'm I'm a giver and yeah. not a taker kind of thing and but, you know, again, when I say that I'm not into it for the paycheck, 
um, that really is, you know, because they say since these, since this value area helps determine one's money motivation, the results indicate that you may be motivated by more, more by other things other than a high paycheck, although there, um, that may still be important. Well, you know, a paycheck's important. I, I need the gas money to, you know, get to work because I yeah. do commute an hour. Just as long um, as you So, you know, there's that. Um, yeah. You know, in, in as, as weird as that sounds, yeah. As, as, you know. But um, so it's like for you, using money or materials as a yardstick to measure or impress others is not important. Um, it, it was, although this one did kind of give me quite the chuckle. It's like your score um, in this range indicates a lower interest in materialistic things or that you have already achieved a level of material security. <laughs> contentment. No. I think it's the I, first one. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm just I'm just content yeah. with the poverty yeah. and I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's all right, you know. I mean, that's not yeah. what motivates me. It's it's the people, man. Um so it you know, it says key strengths. You are sensitive and responsive to people side of work related activities. You see a wider spectrum of the picture and not just the economic view. It's just probably why I'm working for somebody else now and not still <laughs> I working was for myself. That, like this is totally plays into that. It does. <laughs> like you can't ignore this. Exactly. Yeah, it, it totally is. And in, in, in that, you know, and so the conversation that I think we should maybe follow up with is just so why do we find why do we assemble teams the way we do? You know, because obviously they're not going to put me in charge of the economic, um, the economic security of the firm. Um, they're going to put me in charge of things like, you know, project delivery and, you know, the, the project quality and things like that, because that's yeah. what I care about. Um, I care about how things are rather than what we earn off of that. And that's a, that, that's to a fault, obviously, because, you know, at the example is that I, you know, was it was I worked for myself and now I don't well, I work for myself. What, well, it's because I place but a on a project. You are very responsible for a budget, and you know that true the, it, that the oh, project yeah. won't and, get built if you don't meet the budget, and so you have to come up with creative and, ways and, to to solve the problem while maintaining the budget. And so I think that this is very true. You are but that's a definitely a team player, Evan. What's that? I was going to say that's a different I, I category than than being than caring about the money, right? Or doing it for the money. True. I think being true. responsible yes, for true. the budget I, yeah. is a different category than what the why he's scoring low in this particular category. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying though is it's just not right. off the radar completely, right? It, it's it's one of those things that we all know that we have to have to deal with which is totally different than in school. There's no budgets there. We never taught to design within a budget. At least I wasn't. And, and now like that's the, the main factor, right? You've got that's so you much. That's because you went to Pomona. <laughs> yes. Okay. Give me all the examples where you had to design to a budget. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I do like this. I, I, I do like this. And I, I feel that this is very much a, a thing of mine is in the key strength it says you rarely if ever look at a project with a what's yeah. in it for me perspective mm -hmm. yeah. yeah cool well i mean well, i this, think that this... we've kind of underlined the the fact that this it's really good to know this stuff about yourself so that you can play to your strengths and 
to me, I, how do you start to communicate that within the teams that you work on and the leadership that you deal with all the time? And I think that, that this is a great data set for you to say, no, really, like this is the project is going to suffer if you put me into that position or the project is going to excel because you put me into this position. And I feel like this kind of thing, right, I, right. I really want the other people on our teams to take these so that we can just have these conversations and understand each other even better. Because one of the downfalls, I think, to today's practices that I've seen is is that we don't know each other that well. I mean, people want to get home. They want right, to do their right. thing while they're at work. They want to put their head down and get the stuff done and kick butt doing it. But there has been a big loss, and I, you know, we've talked about this many times on the podcast before, where just just that personal, because we're all so glued to the screens all the time, um, we've done not just in the office, right? Everywhere, cell phones. I mean, everybody is very much looking at these other ways of communicating rather than the face to face, and because of that, we just don't know each other that well. And so, I think this is a great basis to to help get us to know each other better. Agree. I totally agree with you. Understanding other people and understanding what interests them, what doesn't interest them, where they're strength, where they're strong, where they're not strong. Um, it, it will really help enrich as a team, as a project manager coming into a project and say, looking at the collection of the team and rather than assembling a team for a project based off of, oh, you've got time available here. I'm going to throw you to this project for a little while till we find another one and kind of changing the dynamic. Well, you know, the more you change the dynamic of the team and it doesn't gel or mesh together, it has a huge adverse impact on the quality right. of the project and what the end result is going to be. I mean, everybody wants to try to come up with the most professional and, you know, um, correct decision but you know when you're starting to throw people at projects and they're not quite you know they, they don't fit in with the project or they don't fit in with the team or you know they're only kind of there as a drive-by or things like that sometimes it either slows the progress of the team down because you know you're trying to catch people up to speed and and you know kind of like work within their limitations or work within their you know strengths and stuff like that and it really kind of demotivates other people when things like that happen. And, and so then to me, I can see it um, that I can see when a project mm. falters because you look at the end result and yeah. you're like, mm, they didn't really think through that one. Now, did they? And, you know, you could, you could probably say, okay, when did they like document this particular thing? And then you look at the, the, um, Oh, your your staffing and stuff, and you say, "Oh, well, that was when this happened, or this you can happened." See those factors, like, oh, yeah. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> you like, you know, you look at the data. You're like, "Oh, yeah. okay, gotcha." I think, yeah, what, they what, rethought what that this one. really talks about is the value of stacking the deck in all these categories instead of stacking them towards one category. We all know that teamwork doesn't work right, when it's right. one person trying to pull the whole team. Teams function the best when you've got a deep bench that has skill in every area so that people can thrive at what they're really good at. And so I think what would be interesting is to overlay these yeah. graphs with each other when you've got certain teams, you know, people who are available, overlay these graphs together and see where the holes are. 
because that's really what you want to look at. If, if it's too much, um, too high in aesthetics and too low in politics for everybody across the board, then you know you're going to have some issues. If you have too many extroverts on a team right. and too many or too many introverts on a team, you could see how uh, you're going to falter in certain ways because you really do want to have a well-balanced team as much as you can. And so how, how difficult is this when you're off and you really are on your own? I mean, and you actually have to do everything by yourself. I mean, that's really where the struggle is. Um, and you don't have the resources available to kind of fill in those holes. So you want to look outside of your firm and hire people to consult in those areas if you can afford to. I mean, you're going to make everybody happier if you can do that. Right. So, I think it's right. really interesting. So thanks for thanks for going along with this I topic. Like, that was, yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was interesting. It was yeah, kind of eye opening. All right, Neil, you want to take us out? Sure, absolutely. So before I take us out, just uh, throw out a reminder to use the Ask Archispeak hashtag at, to Ask Archispeak. That's right. So make sure to do that. And then also, too, we want to thank our episode sponsor, RCAT. Make sure you check out all the features they offer over at ARCAT.com. And do you want more Archispeak? Visit Archispeak. Yep, yep. Oh, Cormac does. <laughs> I got enough. Make sure you visit ArcaSpeakPodcast.com where you'll find links to our catalog of episodes. And while there, make sure to sign up to receive our show announcements. And by doing so, you'll be notified when an episode goes live, and it will include links to everything we mention on this show or any of our shows, including this Tony Robbins test you can take. Yeah, do it. And then between, absolutely, make sure you do it. And so also, to stay in contact between episodes, visit our Facebook page or hit us up on Twitter on the socials. And you can find links to all of those accounts over at arcaspeakpodcast.com. And tell a friend about the show and say subscribe to everyone. And thanks for listening. See ya. See you guys. I join the choir to sing. They're all competing for some other thing. I join the choir to sing.
thought of that. 